podcast o'clock at budget and we are excited to bring you another episode it's going to be insightful and robust my name is yanulu afatoba and i'm going to be your host for today yeah so last month we delved into the issues of budget reforms with Viola Kwaga and Abel Akeni using our policy document as a reference point and yeah we spoke about a lot of things including the rise in debt servicing the risk of incurring more debt to finance Nigeria's budget and reform options for revenue expansion. So if you have not listened to that episode, you need to go back and listen to it, especially if you want to know what the federal government is up to with the 2021 budget. Okay. So before I proceed, I'd like to say that we like to hear from you. We love your feedback. So do not hesitate to follow us, comment, mention us, tweet at us at budget NG. Okay. We'll be glad to receive your feedback right so without further ado let's get to today's business we'll be talking about an important topic that borders on transparency and accountability in nigeria and we are going to be talking about the open treasury portal a portal launched by the federal government in 2019 to improve transparency and accountability in public finance okay so it's been two years and we'd like to just talk about the progress made the loopholes the recommendations and you know where we are at right now with the portal and what the government the civic space the citizens and everybody has been able to do with the portal so with me today i have two gentlemen i have our ceo gabriel okeowo and ibel akeni who is our lead research and policy advisory gabriel you're welcome to this episode how are you doing today thank you Yanni. i'm doing well okay um Abel, what's up how are you doing i like your cup yeah thank you very much Yanni. it's good to be here again thank you how is it going with you it's going good great okay so today we are supposed to talk about something very very important when when it comes to transparency and accountability in nigeria and that is the open treasury portal so for a quick background the open treasury portal was launched by the federal government to improve transparency and accountability in public finance so the portal aims to provide a comprehensive space for the collection of data by MDAs and the Office of the Accountant General. So today we want to talk about this portal, uh, the progress uh, it has achieved within the civic space and how citizens have been able to use it to demand accountability for the government. To begin the discussion today, I'd like to direct my first question to um, Gabriel Okeowo. So um, the federal government launched this portal in 2019 right uh primarily to improve transparency and accountability in public finance so would you say that the portal has achieved its purpose so far or like what change do you think this portal has brought to the civic space since it was launched by the federal government thank you very much Ian. uh and i think the the question should is, is not definitive in terms of if the portal has achieved its purpose i think it should be if the portal is achieving its purpose and uh, i believe so uh, and the reason I said that is because, I mean, the Open Treasury Portal, when it was launched, was one of the uh, good initiatives I've seen uh, from government and particularly from this current administration, uh, which reinforces the commitment to uh, show a bit uh, more uh, a, a level of transparency, right? And uh, so, What's the portal doing uh, right now? Uh, the portal is one-stop center for you to see what is the disbursement of fund uh, from the national treasury from uh, different MDAs, uh, which is a good, good, good thing. Uh, now we go into conversations with uh, critical stakeholders, home and abroad, and there is a good reference to. Uh, open treasury portal as a place that they can go to to get an idea of what government is spending 
Uh, that does not uh, necessarily mean that the portal is without its challenges, uh, but I mean generally, the general feel is that it sees a good in initiative uh, and welcome development in our campaign for uh, improvement in, in level of transparency and accountability. Okay, thank you so much, Gabriel. We are still going to come back to some of the points you just made, but very quickly, I want to go to Abel Akeni. And I'd like to quickly ask you about, you know, the compliance, the level of compliance with MDAs. So, MDAs and OHGF, that's Office of the Accountant General, are supposed to collate transactions at both 5 million and 10 million, respectively, right? So, in that light, uh, what would you say is the level of compliance from MDAs? Would you say that they have strictly obeyed and complied with the specifications of the portal? Thank you, Yana, for that. Um, I would say, um, I wouldn't like to say they have strictly obeyed, but there has been um, a level of compliance that is um, commendable and it continues to improve every day. Um, the committee responsible for ensuring uh, more compliance with the um, guidelines, the Open Treasury Committee, um, has been doing some work to get those who um, have not um, fully complied in several areas um, to consistently up their game. In some cases, there have been capacity building for certain key officers um, in MDAs that have met certain areas of compliance. Um, and yeah, the, the compliance level is not where it should, at where it should be, um, but I would say it continues to improve every day. Before we leave that total, I'd like to ask you a question. There are some MDAs that do not have their records on that portal. Like, okay. could you cite example, an example of some of those MDAs and why we have that? Um, so none immediately comes to my mind. Um, part of it could be a problem of uh, impunity. Part of it could be a problem of um, regulations and the laws of the land so for example if you speak about and this is slightly parallel to this conversation if you speak about procurement audits um, the government or the laws of the land that exclude certain agencies um, from um, being audited or having their procurement being audited so some some expenditures in fact all expenditures around security um, are actually excluded from a procurement audit except the um, federal government gives um, a, a direct go ahead for such an audit to be carried out. So yes, um, it could be a problem um, of, um, of regulations, um, but there's also cases of impunity where um, some people might just really believe um, they are above the law. Um, and um, beyond impunity, there could also be challenges of uh, maybe technical challenges. But um, as I mentioned previously, there have been for technical challenges, there have been cases where um, the Open Treasury Committee, especially the guys at JIPMIS, um, have done capacity building to help those who've had technical challenge overcome them um, and improve their compliance level. Okay, thank you so much for that, Abel. So I'm back to Gabriel right now. So I want to bring this home to budget. Last year, around June, we um, did an analysis of the portal where we mined over 3,000 data sets to analyze government spending, level of compliance, and all of that. So I'd like you to briefly touch on the key discoveries that we made and the loopholes that we found out and you know, what the government has done so far to cover these loopholes to deal with the issues that we raised. Okay, thank you very much, Iyanu. I believe the the data sets are, are far more than 3,000. Uh, but the interesting thing is, uh, yes, it was the first time uh, the government launched such an initiative like Open Treasury. Open Treasury. So it was uh, quite understandable that uh, there were some initial issues that were identified on that portal. But uh, good is that, yes, we did an in-house analysis 
raise some of those issues uh, to government and we have seen steps towards uh remediation so part of the issues we saw when we did the analysis at that time uh from between the payments government made between january to june 2019 where that there were about 2900 payments to to personal accounts and over 5000 payments without, without descriptions, descriptions yeah. uh, you know and uh we were able to raise this uh in a policy brief in a memo to government and we did so uh actions uh from the government uh there was an inauguration of a committee uh to look into uh remediation of those issues uh, that were raised thankfully budget was also invited as part of the cso's that were invited to be on that on that committee nominated to be in that committee and uh today or as at our last check uh the last uh check that we did in february which is about six months or seven months after we raise those issues we have seen significant level of reduction in those issues raised so for example payment to personal accounts were uh significantly reduced to uh about 94 percent reduction was observed there uh payments without description we observe about 50 percent reduction there so and uh, right now as we speak we are also uh in the process of releasing a new uh, analysis of uh, what has transpired on that portal between January 2020 and and uh, January 2021 and and uh, June 2021, and we are going to be coming out with that discovery very soon. Thank you so much, Gabriel. Um, Abel, I'd like to quickly ask you a question based on that before we move on. So, um, while the compliance committee, you know, found out all of those and the federal government took steps, actionable steps, I'd like to ask if there were people or agencies that were found, you know, culpable of certain offences, and you know, if there were court actions or legal actions taken against them. Thank you, Yano. Um, I would say there were people who were identified uh, and um, the list was handed over to EFCC and ICPC because they are also members of the committee um, and um, they took some steps. Uh, I'm aware that several investigations um, commenced, uh, but to the best of our knowledge, um, the ICPC team and EFCC team have not exactly uh, put it out in the public domain what the final um, sanctions um, were. Um, in some cases, some people um, or some civil servants said they were not aware that there were restrictions that they shouldn't do carry out certain actions. And in other cases, especially for payments without descriptions, um, some of them cited technical issues. Um, some of them cited technical issues um, that made them um, make those postings um, without without descriptions. But be that as it may, I would not say um, there has been um, sufficient use of the data, especially those who have been identified um, or found wanting. I would not say they've been sufficient use um, to hold them accountable. Um, at the very minimum, even those um, ICPC is investigating, um, even if it discloses their identity to say, okay, we're uh, investigating ABC um, in the public domain, um, that serves as a warning for others um, to potentially sit up. Right now, that information is not in the public domain. Um, so there is, um, I would say there's very limited use of the 
um, disclosures um, for accountability because you know transparency and accountability are basically two sides of the same coin um, what we have on that portal is very good effort in terms of transparency on government expenditure what we need to see more of is the utilization of those disclosures um, to hold people accountable especially where um, infractions are found okay so should we just wait that out and wait for so I won't necessarily say wait it out. Um, okay. While while we wait it out, it's important for civil society and um, citizens to consistently ask questions, ask questions and yeah. make requests of the government to say, oh, it's it's not enough. I mean, it's good and commendable that we have this data in public domain, but that's not enough. We need to see accountability. That's the last last mile of this advocacy. We need to see accountability, and citizens need to um, ask of the government that layer of accountability so i wouldn't say wait it out um i would say make requests write to your fcc um speak to your um speak to your legislators to um call those who have been identified um to be in breach of some of the um guidelines so call them and uh, request that they take action okay thank you so before we leave this particular discussion of course budget was part of you know those invited by office of the accountant general as part of the committee right so i'd like to ask what are the things to expect from the activities of the committee in the coming days like yeah for example um gabriel mentioned the other time that as a result of that you know we saw some changes in reduction and stuff so for the next days and in the coming days what should we expect from the committee's activity what actions should we expect from federal government Okay, so uh, budget cannot speak on behalf of the committee because we are largely there to share perspectives and um, make recommendations on how some of these loopholes can be closed. Um, so we cannot exactly speak on behalf of the committee. Uh, what we would say is that there is still a lot more work um, to be done despite the good efforts that um, members um, of the committee um, have done in ensuring compliance there's still more work to be done um, the most recent data made available to the committee still shows that I, at least about um, a billionaire um, has been paid into or was paid into personal accounts for that period that's a significant reduction from what it was a year ago um, but it's still not as low as we would want it to be um, so we'd like to see more efforts yeah it, it shouldn't be a, it's right, an aberration it it's, it's an aberration so we'd like to see right. a situation where that comes to potentially zero, zero. Um, so there's still a lot of work for the committee to do right. um, and citizens need to be vigilant and need to consistently request um, both from the government and the committee that the right actions have to be taken um, so that both the payments to personal accounts um, and payments without descriptions um, completely cease to exist to exist okay thank you so much gabriel i'm back to you so the is open treasury portal it's um, i'm going to ask you two questions actually now the first is open treasury portal it's within the space right for accountability and transparency but i'd like to ask do you think citizens are actually you know they know about this portal they know that okay there's a portal like that you know from federal government that's number one then number two i'd like to ask you in what ways do you think because some people just know that this portal exists they don't know what to do with it they don't even know how to go on it and search for you know data that they would need to hold the government so what do you think or how do you think they can hold the government accountable the citizens the civil society and the media yeah uh thanks Ian. I, I, I will answer that question by saying government have done what they should do yeah. uh by making the portal available and also uh, what we have observed in, from 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 experience on several other government portal uh the information are always presented in 
most of the time pdf formats in not a uh, machine readable format uh the 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 information are all, always provided i mean there are large data that are coming out on a daily basis from all governments mdas and the office of accountant general so you can imagine that an average citizen a layman or even a, a, a journalist go to that portal and can still be lost right mm-hmm. that portal can have all the information that they need and yet they are not able to find their way around it right so that is still there uh however that will not erase the fact that government have done its role right uh it then behooves of uh civil society organizations like us to then take it further from where uh, government stop to see how we can then uh, make the data that have been provided as part of our mandate to simplify it to make it more accessible uh, to citizens to journalists to other civil society organizations for advocacy purposes and for any other needs that they may want to use such uh, data for. Okay, thank you so much, Gabriel. So you preempted my next question. I was going to actually talk about the fact that that portal is very, very difficult to navigate. Like I've been there once and then I was like, oh, I saw PDF files and stuff, you know, rolling over. And that brings me to my next question about budgets, open treasury analytics. Yeah, so I'd like you to talk about why we are taking this initiative based on the last point you made about, you know, having machine readable formats where, you know, citizens can still get lost. So what do you think? Why do you think we, you so know, the, the, the open treasury analytics by, by budgets is, I think, uh, if we hadn't, uh, taking that initiative, I, I would expect uh, citizens to come knock at our door. <laughs> I mean, because that's, that's what we do. We simplify right. government data. We simplify public data generally. Right, and as uh, we we are giving credit to government for for launching that portal, but we are saying there is still more work to be done. Uh, yes, we don't have contract with government, but as a as a mandate as a civil society organization, we are now taking it further to develop uh, a, a portal from that portal. Uh, that that analyzes the payment that is on that portal. So we're so not putting any other data. It's still data it's from still the, the open same treasury data portal. from Open Treasury Portal, but being presented in a simpler manner and in a way that is easy for anybody to go to that portal and and do few clicks, right? One, two, three clicks, and you're able to get what you want. So you want to see what government have spent uh, in the last three months just to clicks we will get you there. there you want to see are there still uh instances of payment to personal accounts a one click will take you there and and, and the likes yeah so um thank you so much gabriel Eber, do you want to add to that uh in addition i want you to talk about when are we expecting this portal to be launched that's the open treasury analytics and then in addition to you know your thoughts on this okay so um i would say it's going to be a good platform especially um one that will help um, citizens um, assimilate the information faster because um, as mentioned it's quite overwhelming um, when you go to the main portal um so you'll find that journalists need maybe additional capacity building on data analysis to effectively use um some of the excel files that are there um so yes there's the need for for a portal to um, there's need for a portal to simplify it um, for for journalists um i would say um citizens can expect the analytics portal to be available um before end of july um but it should be available way before that um it should be available way before that 
Okay, thank you so much for that, Gabriel and Abel. So, allocations and disbursements. We all know that Open Treasury Portal is for disbursements, right? So, I want to, I want you to, you know, talk about the parallel or, you know, the correlation between allocations that we see, you know, the budget, MDAs, federal government, state government, and the disbursement that we have on the portal. Like, how do we reconcile the differences? Okay, thank you very much for that. Um, so, I know a lot of people are aware that um, a lot of times what's allocated in the budget is not necessarily um, what's disbursed. Um, so, your allocation that's been approved is dependent on many factors. It's dependent on availability of cash, it's dependent on when the MDAs that have that allocation make the request. Um, it's even dependent on internal politicking. Um, amongst the different MDAs um, because of the scarcity uh, of resources. So there are a lot of factors that affect um, disbursements. Um, so what Open Treasury Portal really shows is um, what has been released or disbursed to the respective MDAs and very often it's um, quite different um, from, from, from what's allocated. It's quite different from what's allocated. However, a challenge I would say um, that is a sort of a stumbling block in comparing both allocations and disbursements would be a late uploads to the portal of disbursement data um, and then um, um, some links on the portal that are not just working. So, um, and I say it's a challenge because when you get on the portal um, and the data for maybe Q2 is not yet um, fully available, or the data for last month is not yet available, you cannot tell if the government is adequately prioritizing what it had promised in its budget. So, if the data is released on time, um, and if the right links are working, um, you can tell, oh, okay, maybe the government is not complying with um, how it promised the citizens. And then citizens can do an advocacy to say, oh, um, government, you promised to invest X. We've only seen um, Z percent. Um, you need to do better in A, B, C, D area. Um, so, yes, I would say um, there needs to be more timely disclosures um, of disbursement data, and there also needs to be uh, more uptime of the links on the open treasury portal because right now it's almost a crisis um, that a lot of data sets people want they go to different aspects exactly open treasury portal which was a good thing when we saw that mm -hmm. but that is not necessarily uh, transmitting any data out to mm -hmm. citizens precisely precisely so yeah so thank you so much thank you and in, ad in addition to that i'd like to say that okay so when citizens plan to hold their government accountable so they are talking about disbursement because a lot of times people you know call on like okay but they already allocated so so million why are you guys still you know drilling down on the government whereas when you look at it in actual fact what was disbursed was actually lower than the allocation so i i just want to tie that to the point that gabriel made earlier about um, citizens using the documents and the data on the portal for holding their government accountable so there you have it guys uh i didn't want that to end actually but <laughs> we just have to um, take it on it so everything you need to know about open treasury portal about the progress what budget is doing with the open treasury analytics and i'd like to say that you can also go to our website to download the report we had a comprehensive report about it last year so you can download and you know listen to this podcast then read that document to get more understanding so 
to the launch of the open treasury analytics actually that i'm i am actually looking forward to it really i am looking forward to it and i know that you are also doing that also thank you so much gabriel of okay, well, thanks for coming to today to your studio and abel our research you're a very busy man eh? to get hold of you it wasn't easy but thank you thank you for much, coming yeah. finally yeah okay so thank you everybody for joining us today that was insightful that was robust that was exciting and it was good having gabriel and abel around do not forget to listen do not forget to subscribe do not forget to share within your network follow us on social media platforms tweet at us mention us send us an email and we would respond my name is yanulua fatoba and i'll see you next time have a nice day bye